Hi and welcome to Karate Over Coffee. My name is Shane McMahon and I'm your host. This is a podcast dedicated to my experiences in karate. I started karate as soon as I could walk. My parents owned a full-time dojo, so I literally grew up in the dojo as our house was on top. I've lived and breathed karate my whole life and I've trained with some really amazing sensei, competed for my country, and I've learned so much about the evolution and history of karate. And I'm here to share my experiences and learn. Enjoy. G'day guys, it's Shane from Karate Over Coffee with episode number two. We are flying through the episodes now. Look out, episode two, season two. Now, I must apologize for last week's, if you listen, thank you to start with, but uh, I did, we did have a bit of an, a microphone issue and I didn't realize until after I published it. And so I had the microphone we where i record from um is from the dojo like so it's a big open area and i know it'll shock you that i don't have a professional studio with uh hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment but no no i i don't it it is a little bit shocking but uh do have a little microphone a lapel microphone and last week i i had it but I forgot to put it on my on my shirt, so it was just sitting on the computer, which um, so it was a little bit echoey. But this week a little bit a little bit better. Hopefully, I have gone through a couple of microphones trying to find the best one. So at the start of last year, you would have noticed the the changing of the of the of the sound. But anyway, I think this one works the best for the moment until I start getting some sweet sweet money from advertising and. Uh, and you guys purchasing more merchandise. I have sold a couple of shirts. Ooh, so you might you may may see somebody wearing a Creative Coffee shirt or a mug as well. Obviously they're not wearing a mug, but they'll be drinking it. And this is Creative Coffee, so I'm going to have a little sip of my cold brew. So if you hear it's it's not I'm definitely not drinking whiskey at 9.30 in the morning. No, it's vodka. No, no, it is cold brew. Um, anyway, let's get let's get straight back into it. So, how long does it take to be be good at karate? It's fantastic English to start with, but how how long does it take to be to become proficient at karate? How long does it take to be to become pretty good, great at 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 training at karate? Um, well, the discussion came up a couple of weeks, uh, a couple of days ago, I should say. In class, we were talking about uh, punches, um, and we were, we were looking at two pun- two punches in kumite. Bang bang, how, how to get how to make that those two punches or two oizukis bang bang rather than bang bang. So, if you look at the experienced guys, their movements and body is just naturally moving in to make those punches. Bang bang. Whereas the more inexperienced guys, the delivery of the techniques, it didn't look like two, two techniques. It looked like two techniques together. It looked like two single punches rather than a combination like ba-ba. They looked like two separate bang, bang. And the inexperienced guys couldn't, couldn't figure out. They're like, oh, I don't know what the difference was. But when you look at it and when you train in it, you can you can definitely see it. It's I suppose it's it's like when you watch if you've done 
a form of martial arts for for a length of time when you watch a movie or tv show where the person is supposed to be a master at that chosen art doesn't matter if it's um karate kung fu huflang dang johnny's backyard um, martial arts you can generally tell those who know how to move how how their their bodies move compared to those who don't and um, you can you can quickly realize that it's an actor versus somebody who's been training for a long time so when i watch movies and i see uh i think i've spoken about it before i haven't even watched the movie but i saw the um the shorts for it or the the preview um the one with Charlize Theron she she's like an assassin or something she's she's no idea absolutely she may have done training for three months but that that doesn't make you proficient like you can tell straight away that she's got no concept of core body movement elbows are out all of those things you can you can tell straight away and I suppose it's because she has been training for for a length of time and and that's that's what we're here to talk about um so we in the class we talked to also about who is attracted to karate what is the average person that comes into karate if you look at kids for example um well actually let's let's go to adults let's go to adults so for for me for our our karate for what we teach in and our where our location we generally for adults we either we get women who are between maybe 18 to 24 25 and then we get men over 35 we don't really get the we don't get the men between 18 to 35 and we don't get a lot of women over 35 it, we, obviously we do but um and for the women over 35 it's generally because they they're child trained with us we don't get a lot of inquiries for women over 35 um it's generally under 35 or like 18 to i'd probably say 18 to 30 i suppose more i'd have to look at my statistics but that would be it and definitely not many men uh, or young men 18 to 25. we obviously we do because they've been training with us for a long time but fresh inquiries no we don't get a lot I would say for men, because 18 to 25, they're either um, out drinking, chasing, chasing, um, chasing women or, or men, um, starting uni, or probably doing BJJ, Muay Thai, MMA, something that is what they perceive to be a little bit more manly or a little bit more hands-on or a little bit tougher or, or what have you with men over 35 i think they look at it look at it karate yeah yep it's it's combat and and something will get me fitter and, and it's physical i'm hitting stuff but i'm not going to get hurt which is um yeah maybe some you know when they inquire i mean nobody says i'm am i going to get hurt but i do say you will get hit and um i said but Good news is you will probably be able to go to work the next day with, without you know without a black eye um but here's a quick um funny story about that um i when i was uh, i don't know 32 or something um i just joined a, a new job selling brand new motor vehicles 
and I told them oh, they already knew that I had, had, that I do karate and I teach karate and um, and I just got back into tournaments because I just got back into competitions and mon the I think the, maybe the second Monday I turned up with a black eye and um, from a from a competition and I said oh look it's very rare I mean uh, I don't would normally get a black eye it's a, it's a bit odd and then I, then would have not been long after that maybe maybe four or six weeks after another black eye <laughs> and actually it's the same guy it was the sa same guy who's now now one of my good mates so um yeah anyway um what was i talking about oh so that's generally where we're looking at for what adults when they join so but for for kids you're it's generally parents are bringing bringing all sorts of kids but normally it's because the kids need confidence or they need to they need more focus or they're not fitting in, in these sorts of things so normally we we get kids who aren't physically gifted um we definitely obviously you, you definitely get kids who are like that but generally those those who stay are, are the dorkier side or the more awkward um and that might be a lot of the people listening as well which is totally awesome because that's that's how you get better you, you just have to keep you just have to keep at it but so those who the kids who generally are already sporty they're already playing footy or cricket or soccer or basketball or whatever so they're already they're already naturally gifted and talented and, and will continue there but for those those kids who want more of the individual pursuit and i, I don't want to say i don't want to say sport but if they look at karate as a sport we have a in my club we have a group of maybe six boys who are sort of between seven and nine they all started roughly around the same sort of time and if they keep training together in the next four five six years they will they will be really good at the moment they're okay they're not bad or um or terrible but they're not excellent um because they because they're the type of kid who kids who need consistent and constant training for them to be to be good and that's what karate that, that's what that is hard about karate because you're using your left and your right hand and your left and your right foot all together at different times sometimes together sometimes slightly variate variations in speed sometimes faster slower together not together simultaneously all together and then you've got your whole body to move you know um so karate can be really difficult especially when you're looking at uh, competition kumite or competition kata um, and some are naturally going to pick it up for sure we had a brother and sister who joined i don't know 12 years ago Maybe, maybe about that. And first class, they're doing round kicks, back round kicks, things, things that would take other kids years to be to be good at. These kids picked it up first class, and they were just so natural. Just, just there were maybe seven or nine, eight or ten, something like that. And I spoke to the mother afterward, and and I said, please, I would love if they could train. And she said, okay, I'll have a chat to them. Anyway, the boy came back, but the sister didn't, and I was gutted, absolutely gutted. I pleaded with the with the mum, please, I'm happy for her to train for free. Like I, I'd love her to to train, and she's oh she's not she didn't really like it, didn't not that interested. Oh, I'm like man, she she could be 
easily Australian champion, possible world champion. She was just so naturally gifted. And anyway, she she just chose not to. But her brother her brother ended up winning winning a national title, so which is great. Um, and it only he, it only took him maybe three or four years. Um, other kids, it would take maybe seven to ten years. He he did it very fast. Uh, he was just naturally good. He ended up teaching karate for me as well as a as a young adult. He's maybe I don't know twenty twenty four or twenty five now. So. Um, but anyway, he was just nat natural and we don't get that many in karate, unfortunately. It's, it'd be a lot easier to teach the naturally gifted kids than it would be for the, for the more awkward kid. But I think that's what attracts karate. Uh, I think that's what karate attracts, the, the awkward, the, the loner. Um, and all of a sudden they're, they're with a group of other people who are just like them and you build an awesome community of, of like-minded people and they stay for a long time. Rather than, rather than a team, team sport, this is more of an individual sport or individual pursuit. Um, and and, and that's, that's really one awesome thing about karate. Um, but if you, look at, if you look at BJJ, for example, it takes them 10 years to get to black belt anywhere between eight to 10 years, but let's just use 10 years just to make it nice and easy. Whereas in karate, it is three to six years, depending on how often you train, sometimes longer, sometimes earlier. Uh, in Japan, Okinawa, for example, black belt is seven year old, eight year old. They don't have an issue with it. I didn't have an issue with it either. If, if there are seven, eight year old black belts, because I understand that shodan just means first level. And every club, every association have their own idea on what is shodan and what is black belt. I don't have a, I don't have a drama with it. Um, I suppose we wouldn't have a seven, eight-year-old black belt because we, our kids aren't training four or five time, times a week in Japan, Okinawa. Um, that is normally how they train every day after school. So for us. Our minimum is 10 years for, for junior black belt, junior shodan. Um, and after that, they have to, we have a different syllabus, but for, for, for ad, adults. But um, so when you're looking at an equivalent of black belt, I think, I think 10 years is good, is good indication for BJJ for black belt. But for us, we look at 10 years is maybe a sundown or so second down or third down you're looking at about 10 years of training, anywhere between eight to 10 years, again, with BJJ, eight to 10 years. So the equivalent BJJ black belt is probably a Nidan or Sundan. Um, and I think 10 years is, is, is a good time frame to, to be proficient at karate and, and sort of understand body movement and doing it in a natural movement, which <laughs> it's so funny because when we talk about, you know, make it more natural, it takes a takes a while to become natural. It's so funny when you go, you know, move move more naturally. Well, isn't it more natural to move awkwardly at first? But anyway, so it, it flows more, I suppose, after ten years. It makes it look more natural. You know, when you're watching tennis players, for example, and you can just see how just how effortless they move. And maybe karate is the same after ten, after ten years. But I really, I. If you want to get good at karate, you need to teach. 
I don't think you ever really, really, really understand karate, 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 uh, until you start teaching, until, until you can start explaining the movements to somebody else. I, I don't think you really understand, understand karate. So the, when you're looking at high downgrades, the, there's not many that actually just train. Most of them teach. Maybe outside of Okinawa and Japan. Japan, Okinawa, yeah, there are older, uh, gentle men and women uh, and high grades who train 100%. 100%. We actually have a, a fourth and a fifth dan, Yondan and Gordan, who train, train with me, who come for training and not for teaching. Um, one is 75 and one is 70, 70 this year. And they're just here for training. They can, they can help and teach, no problem. And the Gordon does jump in and teach, teach when he has to. But they, they both taught karate for us a long time ago. Um, and now they're just more about the training. So we, we held a seminar on the weekend. It was a, an AFTK, which is the Australasian Federation of Traditional Karate and Kobudo. Um, so the AFTK is a, uh, it's a group, group of like-minded dojo around Australia. And, uh, we're looking at, um, around Australia as well, New Zealand and, um, and sorts of things, those sorts of places to promote traditional karate in Kobudo. And we do seminars together. We talk about karate. So it's definitely not competition. It's more based around, it's really based around kata and and bunkai and oil and understanding movements and understanding the history of karate and corridor and stuff like that. Uh, the, it's, it's definitely not competition. So anyway, we had this uh, seminar on the weekend and most of the people, uh, probably half of the people who were there are instructors. So whether they run their own dojo or not, they are instructors. So uh, I'm pretty sure just like me, they're there to add add to their own depth of knowledge, you know, add to their own, own syllabus. Uh, for us, we're, I'm consistently updating our syllabus every two to three years, um, adding, adding and taking things out of the syllabus. Um, you know, so at, at this seminar, we did, the, we, there were three presenters. I was the second one, but the first one we did Tencho and the third one we did, uh, Yamani Uru Bojitsu. So both of those I, I have done, but I forgot a lot of it. So it was great to refresh and I was able to tweak a couple of things in my own syllabus and add a few things as well. So that, so that without that seminar and without me going, then, then I couldn't evolve what, what we were doing. So when you're, I think, uh, when you are, when, when you get to, you get to a point in teaching, where you want to sort of expand is when you, when you are teaching, you are generally mimicking your, your instructor. So you start to, you start to, uh, teach like that, your instructor, even like mimicking their movements, they're, they're walking, they're talking, their, uh, their jokes, um, you know, they're, they're sort of their style of delivering the, the, the technique. Not, not physically delivering technique, but how they explain the technique is, is how you explain it as well. Um, 
And uh, at, at a seminar I, I did go to, the, the guy at the front was talking like he was speaking half Japanese, half English, because that is how he would have been taught. So instead of saying natural, you know, put your, uh, when you punch, you turn your hips and punch it up. He was explaining it like, um, when, when uh, you turn, you uh, deliver the punch like this, bang. So he was mimicking how he was taught because that's just how he was taught. So it was really funny, but um, I'm, I don't even know if he knows um, he does it, but it was, it was quite funny. So, but I, I guess you get to a point also when you, when you start branching out and you start creating your, your own brand of karate as well. So I teach like my dad, for sure. Like we have a very similar sense of humor, good or bad, depending. Um, similar, like I've even say some of his jokes that I, that I remember from 30 years ago, things like, um, what's his kick called in English? My Gary. No, that'd be so selfish. It's not my Getty, it's our Getty. Things like that. So feel free to use that one or Kung Fuzing. Anyway, so yeah, feel free to use that. Make sure you just uh, hashtag karate have a coffee or, you know, whatever it is the young kids are doing these days. So, so that, that, those sorts of things I, I've taken note. The, uh, we don't do Caesar in, in class, no Mokuto, no, no um, us, definitely no us. In the seminar, I said, we are an us free dojo, but uh, after, after about the fourth, fourth or fifth hour, I heard a couple of us, but anyway, so um, no, no sensei. I mean, it's, it, it's up to the student if they want to call me sensei. And I, I did cover this in another podcast, but I don't care if they call me Shane or sensei, whether, whether they respect me or not, doesn't change if they call me Shane sensei or Shane. If they respect me, they, it, it's, it's already there. So if they call me sensei, um, it doesn't bother me. So I have the same approach as my dad. However, I have added and I've taken stuff out of the, out of the syllabus that he had. Um, but the, the core movements, the techniques, the principles, the concepts, the kata, they are the same. They, they are the same. Those won't change because that is, that is what our karate is built on. The, how we move, um, how, how we move our body, um and those sorts of things they they won't move sorry they won't move they won't change but i have added in conditioning drills kobudo kata it's a bit more kobudo kata taking some kobudo kata out um more throws did i say joint locks takedowns i have added a few more of those sorts of things as well um because that's because my experience is different to my father's experience in karate he his his experiences are, are are different to mine so with the syllabus i've added more more in when my son takes over um if he if he does then then i expect him also to evolve my version of karate so i don't expect him to have the exact same same syllabus as mine i i hope he if if he does or whoever ends up taking over at some stage in the next 40 years, um, maybe ho hopefully earlier than that. Oh, imagine retiring early, would love it. But if, if he does take it, then I hope 
the, the core movements, um, the, the core part of our karate, the techniques, the, the concepts, the principles, the movements. I hope he keeps them, but evolves his own, his own version of, of karate. And that's exactly what's happened to in Okinawa. So I'll leave you with that. Um, if you have any questions, let me know. Would love to hear any feedback. Uh, don't forget you can uh, subscribe to us as well and check out karateovercoffee.com for all older episodes. And I will speak to you soon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Karate Over Coffee. And if you're enjoying the podcast and in getting something out of the episodes, there are a few things you can do to help us. If you don't already subscribe to us on YouTube, please do so. We release these episodes every Friday morning, Australian time. Plus, we release some smaller espresso shots during the week on both our YouTube channel and our Facebook community group. You can also subscribe to us on our Apple or Spotify. Leaving a five-star review will be very beneficial as well. If you have any suggestions or topics or feedback or anything that you want to talk about, please put it in our comment section on our Karate Over Coffee community Facebook group. If you'd like to support us, please visit our online shop where we have official Karate Over Coffee shirts, hoodies and mugs available. Your continued support is appreciated and a vital way for the podcast to keep moving forward. Thanks guys.